بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم نحمد رسول الکریم اما آباد الحمد للہ ٹائٹ از دا تھرٹینتھ آف ڈسمبر ان دا ایئر الحمد للہ وی اسپینڈ کوائی فیو سیشنس ٹیکن گلمس ان ٹو دا فادم لس maqam of our beloved messenger sallallahu alaihi wasallam and in the last session i mentioned some of the blessed companions sayyidina abu umama al-bahili radiyallahu and then i mentioned sayyidina rafi ibn khudaij radiyallahu and then i mentioned ya'la ibn murra so let us mention another blessed companion called sayyidina usaid ibn abi ayas radiyallahu In Qanzul Umal 15-253, when Sayyidina Usaid ibn Abi Ayyas radiyallahu embraced Islam, Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam placed his blessed hand over his face and chest in pleasure, due to which Usaid radiyallahu was bestowed on a miracle that whenever he stepped into a dark room, It would be illuminated due to the radiance of his resplendent face. Subhanallah. So, again, when it comes to miracles, endless miracles of the Prophet So, he was very pleased with Usaid's embracing Islam. And when he placed his blessed hand over his face and chest, the miracle was when he entered any darkened room, it would radiate from his blessed face. So, what else do we know about this man? Hafiz ibn al-Atir in his Asad al-Ghabah 1-89 he mentions Sayyidina Usaid ibn Abi Ayyas was the nephew of Sayyidina Sariya whom Umar had called out from the pulpit of Masjid al-Nabi whilst he was in Nahawad to stop in the report so Amir al-Mu'minin very famous report he was on the pulpit and he suddenly said Sariya your bike to the mountain and then his voice carried to the battlefront and Sariya later came and confirmed he heard Umar's voice Usaid ibn Abi Ayyas was the nephew of Sariya then Hafiz ibn al-Atir said Usaid who was a poet who would first write verses satirically about the Prophet on the day of the conquest of Makkah he fled to Taif He was one of those whom Rasulullah had initially given orders to kill. By chance, Sayyidina Sariyah happened to pass by Taif and he informed his nephew if he embraced Islam, he would be forgiven, i.e. which he graciously was. He then recited a poem in praise of Rasulullah. So Usaid was initially hostile to Islam. And he was a poet and he used that against the, the Prophet due to which he became a war criminal. But due to Saadiyah, his uncle, telling him to go and embrace Islam and this caused his forgiveness. May Allah the Almighty be well pleased with Sayyidina Usaid ibn Abi Ayyas. So the companions, Hafiz ibn Jawzi rahmatullahi He said, if there was no miracles of the Prophet his life, just to go through his life would show he was Rasulullah. 
Now, why did he mention that? If there's no miracles, just his life. Because you see these personalities around him. And these personalities could not have been molded by anyone other than a prophet of God. Indeed, the unbounded mercy of our beloved Messenger was shown even to other forms of life. So this narration is in Ahmed in his Musnad, number 17,595. Al-Haytami in Majma Az-Zawaid 1-205 states, Hassan, Sayyidina Ya'la ibn Siyabah radiyallahu, he said, I was once with the Prophet sallallahu on a journey, and he wished to go for the call of nature. He sallallahu thereupon ordered two palm trees, that subhanallah united, obeying his command. After he was relieved, he ordered them and they returned to their respective original positions. Let's open the report. So, Ya'la is talking as if this is normal. So, the Prophet is on a journey and obviously he would go a great distance if there was no privacy. But here he ordered two trees and they actually came together. And then when he fulfilled his need, he gave the command and they went back to the original place, said Ya'la, radiyallahu. Then Ya'la ibn Siyaba then said, radiyallahu. Then a camel presented himself to the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa scraping his neck along the ground. He cried much, making the ground wet. So when a camel is grieving, he puts his head to the ground. And this camel was grieving and he was weeping. The Holy Prophet thereupon said, Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Do you know what this camel is saying? He is saying that his master is about to slaughter him. So stop in the report. How did the Prophet understand the language of a camel? So no endless gifts given to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. The Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam then sent for the owner of the camel and said, Will you give your camel to me as a gift? The man replied, Ya Rasulullah, I have no property more beloved to me than it. So look at the way they spoke to the Prophet. He didn't say no. He said, Ya Rasulullah, this is my most beloved property. The Prophet then said, Then see to it that you treat it well. The man replied, Certainly, it is indeed my most prized possession, Ya Rasulullah. So he actually told him not to slaughter the camel. Then Ya'ala said, Later the Prophet passed by a grave, whose inhabitant was suffering punishment. He thereupon said, Certainly he is being punished for something you think is insignificant. Then the Prophet ordered for a palm leaf. It was placed on his grave and he said, Perhaps this will lighten the burden of his torment so long as it remains moist. So now, why is this narration fascinating? Because it's one report. So, did this happen on one day? And if you look at how Ya'la ibn Siyab was narrating, it seems like it happened in one day. So what were the miracles? The first miracle, two palm trees came together. Second miracle, the camel's talking to him. And the third, he's put a moist branch upon the grave of a person, so his punishment will be reduced. 
Subhanallah, such was an average day in the lifetime of Rasulullah. Abdullah ibn Amr, he said, once Rasulullah passed by a man who was milking a sheep. He thereupon said to him, when you milk her, leave some for her lamb, for it is one of the most gentle animals. This is in Tabarani in his Ausat number 885, Abu Nu'im al Hilya 8-176, Al-Hatami and Majma Az-Zawaid 8-196 states all its men are from the Sahih, except for Abdullah ibn Janada who is reliable fiqh. So look how merciful the Prophet was, he's milking a sheep and he says to the, his companion, when you milk her, don't empty the udder, leave some for her lamb. Then he mentioned these are amongst the most gentle animals. And similarly, Anas said, when Rasulullah offered the Fajr prayer on a journey, he would walk, I for a while, he would let his beast of burden rest. This is in Tabarani in his Ausat, number 6951, Behaki in his Sunan Al Qubra, number 10118, Abu Nu'im Al Hilya, 8-180. Addiyah in his Al-Mukhtar 7-271 Sahih. Al-Hatami in Majma Al-Zawaid 3-215. So look at the compassion of the Prophet. He's prayed the Fajr. He's on a journey. And his Sunnah was to walk after Fajr. So why would he walk? Because he would allow the beast of burden to rest. Aye, so he didn't need to be constantly carrying. Aye, the one who was he was riding. So note his compassion to other forms of life. And similarly, Yahya ibn Sa'id said, Rasulullah was seen wiping the face of his steed with his shirt. Rasulullah was seen wiping the face of his steed with his shirt. This is in Imam Malik's Muwatta, number 1002, Sa'id ibn Mansur in his Sunnah, number 2348, Hafiz ibn Abdul Bar in his Al-Tamheed, 24-101. So he didn't just wipe, the beast of burden with his hand, he wiped it with his shirt. Uh, he's showing compassion again to uh, the animals that were under his care. Our beloved mother, Sayyidah Um Sadama, she said, Once when Rasulullah was traveling in the desert, somebody called out, Ya Rasulullah. When the Prophet turned to look, he didn't see anybody. Then suddenly, he turned and saw a female gazelle that was tied up. So now, before even moving on, how is he understanding the speech of a gazelle? <laughs> so note, he understood the language of animals, the Prophet And he never made even made a point about this. So the female gazelle called him, and when he came and he saw it, it was tied up. She said, Ya Rasulullah, come close to me. The Prophet drew close to her and said, Hajatuk, what is your need? She clarified, I have two fawns on that mountain over there. Release me so I can feed them and I will return to you. The Prophet said, Watafalin, is that what you really intend to do? <laughs> Meaning, maybe you want to go and you want to escape. The gazelle responded, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala punish me with a severe punishment if I do not do this. The Prophet thereupon released her and she went to the mountain. She fed her two fawns and returned to him 
and he then tied her back up. The Bedouin saw this and said, Ya Rasulullah, do you have a need? He replied, yes, release this gazelle. The Bedouin immediately released her and she took flight and she said, I bear witness that there is no God but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and that indeed you are the messenger of Allah. This is recorded in Tabarani in his Kabir 23-331, Ibn Asakir in his Tariq Dimishq 4-380, Targheem number 1176, Hafiz Ibn Hajar Askalani in his Lisan al-Mizan 6-311, Al-Haytami in Majma al-Zawaid 8-295. So how amazing is this report? A female gazelle, she only wanted to feed her, her offspring. And the Prophet said, is that your real intention? Meaning maybe you want it just to be escape. She goes, no. So look how obedient she was. She went and she knows she's going back to death. But she gave her word to the Prophet But when she came back, Allah caused the owner to notice what was happening. And he goes, Ya Rasulullah, do you have a need? And what did the Prophet say? He goes, release the gazelle. Meaning he tied it. Release. And when the Bedouin released her, she said the shahada. Because I bear witness that there is no God but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And indeed you are Rasulullah. So notice his overflowing compassion for all forms of life. When you say rahmatan lil alameen, what does that mean? Worlds. What does worlds mean? Many. Universes. Okay, so this is the problem. You're looking at English. Rahmatul lil alameen means the mercy to all the realms. The animal realm, the oceanic realm, the heavenly realm, the planetary realm, the jinnat realm, the human, every realm. So he's a mercy. So the Quran says he's a mercy to all the realms. So the gazelle is a realm. So where's, there you go. Here's the mercy shown. Go back to the previous report. He's a mercy to the camels. Go back to the previous report. He's a mercy to the dead. He put a fresh stalk upon the grave of the one who's being punished. So note, he is rahmatul alami. He's a mercy to all the realms. Sayyidina Tamim al-Dari, he mentions also a similar report. So this narration... <coughs> is in Ibn Majah and Targheeb, number uh, 3431. He said, We were once sitting in the august presence of Rasulullah when suddenly a camel came running and stopped close to him as if he was whispering. The Prophet said, O camel, be at ease. If you are truthful, it will be to your advantage. And if you are lying, then it will be to your disadvantage. Nevertheless, Allah the Most High subhanahu wa ta'ala, has given protection to those who take refuge with us and those who turn to us will not remain depressed. So stop in the report. So a couple has rushed to the Prophet and he's, he's talked to the Prophet. And the Prophet said, if you tell him the truth, it will benefit you. If you're lying, it will not benefit you. But we will give you refuge. So we, the companion, said, Ya Rasulullah, what is the camel saying? The Prophet said, 
its owners have decided to slaughter it and eat its meat, those it fled from them and sought refuge with your prophet. In the meantime, the camel's masters came running. When the camel looked at them, it went behind Rasulullah seeking refuge. Look how strange. The camel's acting like a, obviously the servant to the Prophet and he's hiding behind him. The master said, Ya Rasulullah, this is our camel. It fled from us three days, over three days ago, and we find it in your midst. The Prophet said, The camel has complained to me, its complaint is very serious. The masters asked, What is it, Ya Rasulullah? The Prophet says, It says, You raised it for many years in safety and loaded things upon its bike during the summer. And it went to green pastures to feed and went to the warm areas during winter. Now it became older, you allowed it to mate, and by means of it, Allah provided you with many other plump camels. It has informed me that after it has grown old during this fertile season, you have decided to slaughter it and eat its meat. So stop in the report. That's what he whispered. <laughs> so the Sahaba didn't know. They saw the camel moving and making that noise that we hear, strange noises, and the Prophet just listening. Look at what he told the Prophet. Gave him his full biography. The masters of the camel proclaimed, Ya Rasulullah, we swear by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it was exactly as you've described. Meaning, this is just further strengthening our iman. The Prophet then said to them, Is this the reward that a good servant receives from its owners? Because look how the camel served you. And he goes, is this how you treat it? The master says, Ya Rasulullah, we will neither sell it, nor will we slaughter it. Meaning we won't get any benefit from it. The Prophet then paused. He goes, you lied. It has already sought refuge with you, but you did not grant it refuge. And I am more merciful than you are. Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has removed mercy from the hearts of the monafics and placed it in the hearts of the believers. So now stopping the report. Does that mean these were monafics? It could, they could have been. Then the Prophet purchased the camel from them for 100 dirhams. And then he said, O camel, you are free for the sake of Allah the Most High. So he bought it from the, from the men for 100 dirhams. And then he told the camel, you are free. For the sake of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The camel then didn't move. It entered the Prophet's enclosure and it was basically like, you know, a camel circling. And as it was circling in his enclosure, the Prophet وسلم, he suddenly said, Amin. Then the camel made a second dua and the Prophet وسلم, said, Amin. Then the camel made a third dua and the Prophet وسلم, said, Amin. When the camel made a fourth dua, the Prophet wept. <laughs> so now the Sahab is seeing this. So they don't know what the camel is saying. They have no idea. All they know is that he must be making a dua because the Prophet is saying Amin. But on the fourth dua, the Prophet didn't say Amin, he wept. So the companions, they said, Ya Rasulullah, what did the camel say? 
the Prophet he said, the camel said, O Prophet may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala reward you with good on behalf of Islam and the Quran. <coughs> I said, Ameen. Then it said, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala ease the fear of your ummah on the day of resurrection just as you eased my fear. I said, Ameen. <laughs> Subhanallah. Then it said, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala safeguard the lives of your ummah from its enemies just as you safeguarded my life. I said, Ameen. Then it said, May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala not create infighting between them. Upon which I wept because I had similarly asked my Lord subhanahu wa ta'ala for the first three things the camel made dua for and he granted them to me but he refused me the last one. Jibreel alayhi salatu waslam informed me that Allah the Most High has decreed that my ummah will perish by the sword. The pen has written this, it will inevitably come to pass. Subhanallah. So looking at this very briefly, recorded in Ibn Majah and Tarheeb, what was incredible about the camel is that he made the same du'as as Rasulullah. So somebody goes to you, how did he have that knowledge? So the Prophet didn't say to the camel, I've already made that du'a, but thanks. He said, Amin. The first is, may Allah Ta'ala reward you with good on behalf of Islam and the Quran. Amin. May Allah Ta'ala ease the fear of your ummah on the day of resurrection as you've eased my fear. Amin. Look at how beautiful the dua was. He goes, you've eased me. You've took my anxiety away. May Allah Ta'ala take it away from your ummah, Ya Rasulullah. Because Amin. The camel benefited us, imagine. And he goes, number three, may Allah Ta'ala safeguard the lives of your ummah from its enemies and you safeguarded my life, I in its entirety. And I said, Ameen. But then the fourth dua, he goes, I wept. He goes, may Allah Ta'ala not allow them to fight in between amongst themselves. Then he says, this was written in the decree. It has to take place. That's why the civil wars broke out even in the time of the companions of the Prophet Subhanallah. And also just to add this, there's a report, it's a very interesting report. This man came to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam. It's in Hayat al-Sahab. And he goes, Ya Rasulullah, why don't you pray for a kingdom like Suleiman? So the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, he smiled. He goes, maybe Allah has given me better. And this is a part of a long report. But what does that tell you? When you look at Suleiman kingdom, it blows you away. Control over the jinn, control over the wind, control over animals. He was given a kingdom that nobody had. But the Prophet what did he say? Maybe I've got something better. And if you look at certain reports, you could see Allah had given it to him. He had knowledge of the animals. They would come to him. And he talked to them, listened to them. And that is exclusively, we think that was for Suleiman It wasn't. The Prophet had it. So note the Prophet he truly was the chosen servant of Almighty Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So all I mentioned today was basically predominantly now a glimpse into his mercy to other life. And this of course shows his incredible status. 
Are there any questions? We'd like to ask. Subhanallah bihamdihi subhanakallahumma bihamdika ashtu la ilaha illa anta astaghfiruka atubu ilayka wa bihamdihi 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 wa bihamd